What's up everyone, January 22nd, 2019, welcome into Washington Football Crunch. I am Micah Chen and joining me as always is Jackson Garner, but there's not going to be Luke Monger for this one, it is quite unfortunate. He is on a mountain in White Falls, but we've got a loaded show today, so let's start with this. There are currently as many as eight quarterbacks into conversation to start for WSU next year. The list is insane. I mean, you've got the obvious ones. Guys like Trey Tinsley, Trey Tinsley, Anthony Gordon, Connor Neville. Uh, John Bledsoe's a little bit of a wild card, but we'll include yeah. his Dark name in Horse. there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and also uh, Dark Horse contenders are Kamon Cooper, Gunnar Cruz. But now you can add to that list Gage Gubrud. Uh, when people say that Gage Gubrud is interested in WSU, do you feel that that interest is reciprocated right now from the program? Yeah. No, I mean... It can't hurt. I mean, it, it's, when you when you consider the quarterback room you have right now has thrown it can hurt a total the confidence of, has, of every, well, everybody that's still in there right now. They've. I mean, if if that's what's hurting your confidence, I don't know if you're a start if you're Pac-12 caliber starting quarterback. Hurt your uh, morale level. Yeah, uh, I don't. I mean, if if you're concerned, you're your senior year now. If you're concerned with an FCS quarterback transferring into the program <laughs> and you can't compete with him. Then I don't think you should be the starting quarterback. Hey, hey to don't begin with. don't diss on the FCS. There's some quality uh, prospects. No, coming I, out I right agree. Now. I, mean, I agree. Sticks even an NFL prospect right now. And Gage Grubroad should have been playing against him in the national championship. I I'm not discrediting FCS football, but I'm saying if you if your morale is hurt by that, that someone else is transferring in. The way I see it is, it just doesn't hurt WSU to add in another quarterback. He's thrown for over ten thousand yards and a hundred touchdowns. Like. How many years in a row are they going to attempt to bring in a transfer quarterback to likely win the starting position? I mean, if, if, if they keep this trend up, quarterbacks at the high school level that are looking at WSU as an option are going to start avoiding it because they're fearful that they're going to keep on bringing in these fifth-year seniors that are just going to get handed the yeah, keys to the kingdom. But the thing is, there's no guarantee that Gubert wins the job. Like, Oh, oh, if he, if he is okay, even we, 90% no. of what Garner Minshew was... And there's good reason but to believe no, so. Their playing there styles are very similar. There isn't good reason to believe so. I mean, I okay, I again, uh, playing Eastern Washington's schedule is a hell of a lot different than playing WCU's schedule. It's not the same at all. Um, I mean, Gar- yeah, Gardner Minshew won that job, and he was clearly the best quarterback. There's no... Gage, if Gage Gubert comes in there, there's no suggesting that he is clearly the best quarterback. And no one clearly definitively said Gardner Minshew was the best quarterback when he arrived in July. No, it was still an open competition. It was still but an open competition. People had a good idea that he was going to he was going to take the reins, but it I this is a very different situation I think and it I, like I feel like from Mike Leach's perspective, from most people's perspective, is it can't hurt to add a quarterback who's thrown for 10,000 yards and 100 touchdowns, considering when the quarterbacks you have right now have thrown for a total of 14 passes. And, and his resume speaks for itself. I mean, obviously his wins at the FCS level are impressive. That's still Division One football. But when he does play Pac-12 schools, whether it be WSU, uh, whether it be Oregon, he definitely looks like he belongs and that he just happens to be starting for Eastern Washington when he definitely could yeah. be in a competition at any Pac-12 school. Also, rumors that he might be going to Utah. And let me tell you right now, social media has gone to the point where we have put way too much stock in Twitter following. I mean, Gubrud and WSU follow each other. That's a breaking news story. And this goes back for several years now when Kobe Bryant unfollowed all, his, all of his teammates at the Lakers. Mm-hmm. And that kind of showed some, uh, some, some controversy with their relationship. And now because these programs have followed each other, well, Gage Gubrud's camp and WSU, all of a sudden that they are seen as very, a very likely partnership going forward. Do you think that we're overreacting a little bit to when they click a button on their social media? Um, I mean, it's a good... Indic- like, I, I, is there too much stock bad. put into it? it if the, yeah, is there too much stock put into it? Yes, but overreaction to 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 say like, hey, it doesn't mean anything. When WSU gave Jalen Hurts a follow and then f- immediately unfollowed him like two hours later, like that was a dead giveaway that there was interest. That there was interest there, but and then they there didn't wasn't. <laughs> what? Well, but they didn't want the headlines for it, and they said, hey, we're not gonna we're not gonna drag this out. And and I mean clearly. There wasn't very much interest from Hertz. Because and you remember the quote, or I don't know if you heard this, but Mike Leach said a couple times he's not gonna beg anyone to come to WSU. You gotta want to come. Well, he doesn't need to because he has two four star quarterbacks coming up as freshmen right now, and he has uh, two seniors that are 
he has the talent in the room where he can work with it. It's not that it's not that he's void of potential prospects that can start for his team. It's uh, it's 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 almost a pride where he doesn't feel that he's in a position where he needs to beg quarterbacks to come to his program. He's in a very I, fortunate position for uh, that. I don't say I don't think it's that necessarily that he already has the talent. I just don't think that he. You could it could be John Elway, and I don't think he's going to beg him to come to WSU. It's just a philosophy thing that he's not going to get on his hands and knees for anyone. That there has to be mutual desire. From from both parties, like, and that's in, and that's in any business relationship. You, yeah. I mean, no, nobody's gonna admit that. Oh no, we we begged him to resign with our team, or we're gonna like for the Steelers, for example, we're gonna we're gonna you know beg Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell to stick Le'Veon Bell to stick around. Football, everybody's replaceable. No, no, nobody has shown that when they leave, uh, there's just absolutely no way to recover that devastation from a player leaving. Uh, there's some examples of it. For the most part, uh, players are expendable. And the yeah. system and the coaching I mean, they, staff are, are what keeps the keeps the wins coming. They are, and, and as you know, obviously players don't really like to hear that, but it's kind of the it's the truth. That Especially in football, <laughs> talent talent is a dime a dozen, but coachable talent is another story. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I like it. If Gage Gubrud comes to WSU, I think that's awesome. But I don't think it's fair to say that they're repeat. They're trying to. Strike, uh, yeah, they're trying to recreate, yeah, Gardner Minshew with Gage Goober. Like, that's not what's happening here. They're looking to add another quarterback into that room and just kind of fire up that competition. Yeah, we're, th- just, we're just entertaining possibilities, almost these fantasy dream scenarios for people that like Washington football because Gage Gerrude in a WSU uniform would be incredibly just must-see television. And uh, there, But at the same time, you know, we're talking about social media. There are certain players in the WSU organization that have this weird need to make this a personal thing with the WSU quarterback room. Um, Liam Ryan, the guards, uh, explaining, y'all don't believe in our current quarterbacks. Keep listening to those rumors. We've got our guys. Or the WSU president, Kirk Scholl, saying something very similar. Like, hey, we, we, we do not dislike this already talented quarterback yeah. room. First of all, nobody was saying that your quarterbacks, like I said like I said a few minutes ago, you guys have multiple four-star uh, quarterback recruits plus you know experienced guys, at least as far as their time in the program. It's just that it's healthy to want to see what is the best possible option. Don't take it, so, don't take it to heart. Yeah, that's, that's no, and right I, I, I think... Well, I think it's from both sides because there's a lot of people who are who are getting so excited about Gage Grubert as if he is the second coming of Gardner Minshew. Where I can under I understand from Liam Ryan and maybe President Schultz's po- point of view, where it's like there seems like there's a lack of faith in the quarterbacks that are already at WSU. I do get those vibes from some people. However, I don't think that's the vibes that are that Mike Leach is trying to give off. Or the, the entire football program is trying to give off when they're trying to go out and add another quarterback. Like the the simplest way to look at it is, if you have the opportunity to get better, then you get better, right? You don't say, "Nah, I think we're okay. We don't need to get better. We're fine, right? We're fine with what we have." Gage Gubrid is clearly an opportunity for WSU to get better. Whether whether that getting better just means adding another quarterback to fire up some competition for in the spring and fall, and, and that means hey Trey Tinsley is that much better coming into the season, or Anthony Gordon is that much, or or Cam and Cooper, you know whoever wins the job, and Gage Gubrid could be that guy. You know, it's just adding more competition. I think there's a couple philosophies because you could say, hey, what makes our team better right now? And then you look at the Seattle Mariners and they're clearly not looking at this going, okay, uh, we could upgrade at this position right now. We could trade these two prospects and we would be better. The Eastern Washington Eagles football team is saying, hey, Technically, Gage Grubrud could come back and start for Eastern Washington next year. I mean, he has that he has that medical red shirt. What's stopping uh, Aaron Best for saying let's put Grubrud over Eric Berry because that would make our team better, right? So it's not as straightforward as saying like there's a lot of NFL teams right now that are just you know the 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 Ravens right now with their quarterback Lamar Jackson. Hey, sometimes Joe Flacco would be better in certain games, certain quarters, certain situations, but we are yeah. sticking with him because we have a long term mindset. And uh, so hey, if Gage Gruber didn't come in and start, and then a guy like Kamon Cooper transfers because he realizes that this might just be the new thing at WSU where they just keep on bringing grad transfer quarterbacks in. You just made a domino effect 
where because you made your team better in the short term, now you're hurting things long term with other potential quarterbacks. Eric Barrier's development would be stunted if Eastern Washington brought back back Gage Grubert. So it's not as straightforward as just saying, let's make our team better. I think it is. I think it is 100% straightforward. Just how are we going to get better for 2019? I don't think they're thinking about 2020 right now. I don't think they're thinking about 2021. How do we get better for 2019? And if a quarterback decides that he doesn't think he's in, he's in the picture and he wants to transfer, then guess what? That, that mutual respect, the desire to be there and WSU's desire to have them there, that's broken. That, they, they don't want them anymore. Like there always has to, It doesn't just come from recruitment that there's mutual desire to be with the team and the team has desire for that player to be there. It has to withstand for the full four years. It so is if, multi- it, if it breaks at any point, they don't want you anymore. There's multiple ways to build a program, and Leach seems hell-bent on just making his team better. And it's not right or wrong. It's just another way to do it. It's another way to do it. Uh, and, and we, we, there's plenty of other ways to do it as well with Mike Leach. We'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. But let's talk about a, a very depressing story. It involves uh, Luke Sky, Jake Browning, uh, put on a dud of a performance at the uh, Collegiate Bowl this past Saturday. Yeah. Uh, he was the quarterback for the national team in front of an empty stadium, which is fairly standard for uh, bowl games of this caliber. Uh, his team lost 10-7. to Browning threw two interceptions, mm. completed just 52% of his passes, only 117 yards. And man, I tell you what, these UW fans are getting a kick out of this performance. They're rejoicing the failure you know, of their former quarterback. And hey, I just, he's going to be a failure at the next level as well now. Uh, I just don't even... I, I really... The, you cannot name a tougher situation in football than for a quarterback who has to play in one of these senior bowls gets to practice for his with these guys for maybe what 10 days at the most at the most maybe just a week and then they have to go out and play in front of NFL scouts and are expected to perform like you quarterbacks and receivers and quarterbacks with their offense are developing chemistry for an entire year and then you throw a quarterback in to a situation where he has to command the respect and, and facilitate an offense in the span of 10 days of preparation like what they're asking is so ridiculous out of the quarterback and I I just think it's really showing it's showing of to to someone's football IQ when you look at someone and say and you laugh at the the lack of success that they have in one of those senior bowls the offensive and you say game oh plan. they suck yeah the they, offensive game plan like, is look very at the score to, it's you know it was it was a miserable it was 10 game to 7. and by the way none of the quarterbacks no, performed no one well. Did well it was like nine different running backs got carries look when you're developing an offensive game plan primarily you build around one go-to receiver a, a slot guy you know a tight end that's gonna fit in certain packages but when you have the best receivers in the country uh, assembling and you have to you have a social obligation to distribute the ball to all of those receivers because nobody wants and especially in a bowl game like this one player to have seven catches and uh, like maybe Jake Browning would have it you do with Aaron Fuller so not only are you installing a new offensive game plan with new receivers but you also have to you know not piss anybody off by just throwing it to one person yeah I mean or, and, and or not trying to call hey, we're in a running play. Let's audible to a passing play. Because in that running back that got three carries in that game is getting screwed over on his you you know, know, limited to, to reps. Be honest, to be honest, I don't think that anyone is thinking about their teammates in games like these, which is also part of the problem. Like, no, like everyone's in it for themselves. Like, no one's... There's no long-term implications. Yeah, there's zero... I mean, it's, it's about yourself, and that's... There kind of in lies the problem, is that, shoot, it's hard to develop... Uh, a chemistry with one receiver, let alone all the receivers, and it's it's just a difficult situation. And for people to to bag on someone, oh, and for they throwing bag a couple on inter- it. Oh, and they they let them have it. But it's it's really foolish. It is you, really you know, foolish. You know what makes this game significant? This could be like the last true passing attempts that he ever makes in his career. I could see him getting picked up, you know, for some preseason opportunity, uh, running an offense that uh, is uh, something that he won't be doing for multiple years. But just getting a chance right out of college. But, you know, we talked about it on the show. This isn't a guy that's going to go play in the Arena Football League. Or what's that new league that just started up um, oh, the that's coming, a, the up, a, the coming Alliance, up in the springtime? The Amer- or the Alliance something football. Hey, he's, he might not even the be qualified AFL. to play in that. So th- these might have been the last serious reps that he's going to take uh, for the rest of his life. And and if it is, man, he did not do a good job uh, salvaging his good name because no, he is really running no, out of opportunities. I don't <laughs> think so. I really don't think so. I think he did a fine job, and, and people are just – 
too hard on someone for getting put in a really tough situation, a situation that no one, no one's really thinking about themselves in that in that situation and and how that would go down. Obviously, we're not quarterbacks, we're not collegiate level quarterbacks, so it's even harder to, for us to put ourselves in that situation. But trying to think back to the earliest days of playing football and remembering how important chemistry is with the team, and to expect to go out there in front of NFL scouts and perform, it's just a tough situation. I don't feel I don't I feel bad for Jake Browning that he has to deal with the the repercussions of a game like that you know I'm sure he's not he's not making any of these excuses but they're valid excuses have you heard that Mike Leach is going to be teaching a class at WSU called leadership lessons in insurgent warfare and football strategy it's not it's not official he is trying to teach it he wants to teach it I guess what what they should do what they should do and by the way anytime you come up he handcrafted uh, the syllabus that talked about you know what his expectations are. I actually have it pulled up right now on um, what they are uh, looking for. I, I got it. Yeah. I got it. I got I've it. Seen it. Yeah. I got it on the uh, the wrong uh, setting right now. But I can. I, I'm gonna pull it up right now. Uh, okay. Mike Leach syllabus, and we will read what exactly. It's not a joke. You know. It's uh, well, it's, yeah. No, we could. I know we can start with the assignments. You have two assignments. Or I guess four, maybe, depending upon how you look at it. But the first assignment is, which is, I guess, in relation to the insurgent warfare, which is in like regarding uh, foreign policy, what should the United States do <laughs> in Yemen? That's so politically driven. It's, it's, and it's, then, it's almost, well, it's almost yeah, like he wants I mean, you to answer a certain way. Uh, then, I, got the, I got the overview pulled up. Should we explain what the class is so people kind of have an idea? Go for of, it. Uh, have at it. So it explores tactics and strategies uh, common in both... Uh, G-U-R-I Guerrilla 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 Warfare warfare And and college football To provide a backdrop For critical thinking And leadership lessons In particular How can Insurgent forces Facing a larger Yeah this 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 actually This is They removed like Half the tweet here So But basically It's how can Like an underdog style army Which is uh, A metaphor for WSU's offense Take down A Traditionally, more powerful army, which is the you know the well, Alabamas and in, in the in the more strong of, defenses yeah. out there. So what it is? So Michael Bum, uh, Bumgarner, who is a represent, I can't remember where he is, but he is serving our great state um, yeah, somewhere in the public. Yeah, representative, I believe, and he has a military background, I believe. So he is teaching the insurgent warfare side, and Mike <laughs> Leach is teaching. The football side, you know, I feel and like the, the warfare friends. side is uh, a little more educational than the football side. I mean, I feel I like know. you, I you mean, could take away the football side, and this would still be a well-rounded class. Well, yeah, absolutely. If you took I, away the, the the warfare side of it, it would just be Mike Leach presenting plays. The thing is, people get so hung up on the Mike Leach that is funny for the ten minutes that in his press conference that they don't realize that Mike Leach is an incredibly intelligent football mind, and when he gets down to business, like. It's it's business. It's not joking around. That that class could be very technical, and I could see Mike Leach being a no nonsense kind of professor. Well, no, because he doesn't fit the prototype of like like teaching is an inexact science. Just because you don't you know you don't have the the PhD or you know the the, the four piece suit you know that professors might might, might which fit Mike more. Leach does have. <laughs> Keep <laughs> you, in mind, you, you would never know. That doesn't mean like. He has something to offer to the youth of society that's bigger than football. He's he is he is his IQ level is higher than uh, than most uh, average humans out there, and it it just be easy to say because he's an idiot in press conferences sometimes that he doesn't carry that intellectual. No, he's ability. not. Okay, he's, he's, I, he's brilliant. I, do, I disagree. He, I disagree on two the, points here. I disagree on two points here. He is, and you're saying that he is. He is a really smart guy. I don't think he should be talking to our youth about anything but football. The guy is a nut job outside of football. And I'm going to be honest when I say that. But so I think what he's doing is actually perfect. I think just teaching the football side and, you know, not the guerrilla expressing warfare. Exp- no, I mean, he can pitch, but really, he's not the one there teaching the guerrilla warfare. That's Michael Bumgarner. Like, he's just there. I mean, I'm sure he'll. He'll pitch in his two cents, and they'll work out way so it's co-teaching. But so he's who, there for the football side of it. And I want to. If I were taking the class, I would want to learn 
football for Mike Leach. I don't want to learn insurgent warfare for Mike Leach. Hey, speak quite for honestly, yourself, Jackson. There's, quite I mean, honestly, lot, he's not qualified to speak on that. The, there's, there's a, no, nobody's truly qualified uh, unless you have a PhD. That, then that makes you, then you're kind well, of in. No, I but mean, I mean if, you, if you respect somebody's opinion and you want to hear what they have to say. Which Mike Leach car- does carry that, you know, Absolutely. he has that respect a from a lot of students, That's a from problem. a lot of fans and people, uh, alumni that want to listen to what Mike Leach has to say about certain topics in society. That doesn't make him any worse of a of a teacher. That just means that you not you just don't you disagree with his opinion on certain matters. I think I think that's an issue though because you have someone who is unqualified to speak on things like insurgent warfare. Yet you have someone who is so admired and so respected like Mike Leach, his unqualified teaching could mislead people. It's it's entirely possible. I would love to see Bumgarner take care of the insurgent warfare and Mike Leach take care of football because they're both qualified to speak on those given matters. And that's what pe- that's what you get. That's what the university is probably looking for. Really, how, mu- want- how much you don't they- get a you don't get a job teaching in college at a, at a public university if you're not qualified to speak on what you're teaching. Well, how much how much like screwing up of the brains could they do to these college students in five classes, each one approximately ninety minutes? That's like it's basically a March and April, and then it's done. So even if Mike Leach were to talk more than would be expected of him for a class like this, there's only so much damage that he can do, and it's not going to be a like a multi-semester or like year-round well, a, no, a, but attempt. I mean, you what you got an auditorium full of three, four hundred kids that are hanging on every word. <laughs> that uh, yeah, exactly. Like you want Mike Leach to talk about things that he's qualified about, and that's football. And I think that's that's such a cool and unique thing because. God, have we ever learned that there are so many dumb football fans who just know nothing about football? Like, I, I feel like that every year at the football when the football season ends, it's like, so what did we learn this year? Well, there's a lot of really dumb football fans. And I feel like, man, if there's an opportunity for Mike Leach to bring some sensibility to at least three to four hundred kids, that's that's awesome. That's what we you need. Know, I shudder at the uh, crowd, sorry, the uh, student interaction, the audience interaction, because I mean, there are going to be people that are going to be super critical of Mike Leach. How does he handle that yeah. as a teacher when somebody challenges him on his philosophies? I think that's awesome. When he like, take or when students try to distract him, guys like maybe that if you were in that situation where you would say, "Hey, uh, buddy, you're wrong. You you shouldn't be teaching right now." Does no, he call okay. security? Does he start throwing people out? Because so, it's not going to be much a bunch of fanboys that just like WSU football and want and no, I, it's going to be a I, lot I think of a that. lot of people are going to be like that. But there's going to be these like social justice warrior types that are going to say you're stepping out of line. Stick to football. You don't belong. You know, in front of a classroom right now. And Mike Leach has to keep this level headed. He can't be a coach and just start attacking uh, players and I and think. Making, I th- I think you're you're making you're making a little more out of it than what really is. You you're gonna have all walks of life in there. You're right. You're gonna have du- you're gonna have Mike Leach fanboys. You're gonna have a lot of politically active people. You get who paid waiting, so much. Why are who are waiting <laughs> for Mike Leach to say something? Get out of the football realm and say something political that doesn't that doesn't align with what they think, and they're gonna try and call him out. There's gonna be people like that. There's also gonna be people who are just really open mind and just wanna see what Mike Leach has to say. But it's gonna be the people with an agenda. There's gonna be the agenda that are are inevitably gonna try and almost like ruin the class atmosphere by like I said, bringing up their own topics, bringing up their own, like, hey, you tweeted this back, you know, in 2016. Like, what, what, like, you clearly are not educated on anything. You're an idiot. Like, the, the, I, we need okay, to find a yeah. way to limit people like that because that's they're going to happen. T- if, if they don't, yeah, if they don't handle, if they don't bring it up in a presentable way, then yeah, they'll probably get kicked out. Like, if you're, if you're out calling a professor an idiot, yeah, you're probably going to get kicked. I don't care what class you're in, you're probably going to get kicked <laughs> out. That doesn't that doesn't fly. You can't. I. It's well, it's a wait, well, <laughs> professional setting. You can't just start calling professors idiots and, and trying to make a scene like that. You know, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think anyone has the stones to look Mike Leach in the eye and say you're an idiot. Yeah, when you got I really to, don't. When you got nothing to lose, you're willing to you're willing to risk it all. Uh, like, maybe <laughs> I don't know. I I think it's interesting. I'm well, monitoring that, it. That I'll Twitter be in the class video. if it's available, that or Twitter at least video, try. Man, people are gonna be recording. I bet you. I bet you. <laughs> someone will ask. And do, but do you not think Mike Leach is prepared? Oh is, yeah, will be prepared <laughs> to say something. Shut and I down. think I think students do deserve 
some sort of answer. He never really provided, and that's kind of gets back to Mike Leach. He just refuses to apologize for some reason. You know, he just doesn't apologize for anything. This class is not no matter happen. no this matter class how is not wrong. Going to happen, so that's why I think I, I really do think I really do think. We're, when we're, he we're dreaming up scenarios right now that would would quite entertain the the the, the outsiders that aren't participating. I don't. In these yeah, lectures. I don't. I really don't think he had. He is. You know, I'm sure he has thought Isn't about this situations like, like this. Happening the same time as spring ball, like March and April. Yeah, well, that's head why he be... can only do six seminars. You know, <laughs> I mean, he can't just. He can't. You can't teach a full class three times a week. I just think. He probably thought about the idea, and just the idea on its face value is a sweet idea. Uh, one of football's most intelligent minds teaching a class about football, and uh, while well, he, he's doing it with a friend who knows about warfare, and Mike Leach has an interest in warfare, you know, foreign affairs, stuff like that. So it all ties in, and it's fun for him. But then he probably started really thinking about, okay, what what happened what if what if this what these similar scenarios that we're bringing up right now and he's like i don't know if i can do like it's not worth me teaching a six seminar class if there's a video of me getting at it going after it with a wsu student and it goes viral like that's what is that good what good uh, does that do him hey wor- worst videos have been posted about mike leach worst uh, stories have been posted so maybe i'll embrace it i guess i don't well, let's, know let's talk about some positive news for washington state right now and that's uh Steve Gleason and uh, Helensky Hope, man, uh, they uh, they're opening up a neuroscience institute in Spokane to study yeah. ALS and Parkinson's disease. Steve Gleason continues to make his uh, make his case to be the greatest WSU alumni ever, and there ever will be. Uh, and and you just can't. He has uh, a strong case for sure. You, you just can't. Yeah, you, you you look like a dick if you if you try to argue against that. So yeah, I think I think he's safely at, on top of uh, this. Uh, you know this like most honorable people to come from uh-huh. that university but let's also discuss helensky hope man they're partnering with the ncaa sports science institute and mm-hmm. you know the, their goal is to is to basically increase student athlete mental wellness but before it was just helensky hope kind of doing it by itself and now that they, they now they have this huge partnership and the helensky hope will not be partnering with wsu exclusively now which well, is which is okay. I mean, they, they I think now, that was I think that was the worded, ability to that was worded a little bit wrong. I let me just clear it up. You know, no no problem. But Helinski, so there was never any partnership with WSU and Helinski's Cope, which people well, took. WSU played with. a well. They played a part in like you know promoting the cause. You know, allowing the family to you know do public things around the university to yes, raise yes. awareness on their own part. Mm-hmm. So there wasn't no relationship between the two. Uh, it, was, it was it was a rocky money relationship. wasn't exchanged, and a lot of a lot of people and, and this you know no reason to get too negative here, but a lot of people were concerned with the lack of partnership between WSU and Helinski's Hope. Well, I was most know? concerned with the lack of anything with Tyler Helinski this past year with WSU. I mean, he's just, well, yeah, and he's a lot of people from all parts of the a lot of know, people were and a lot of people broadcasts. were, and you know. It's it's unfortunate. I you know, it's it's a tough situation. It's a PR situation, which it, you know you never like to have these instances where it, you know you're dealing with the death of a former player, and it it all of a sudden it becomes a PR deal. But it is, you know, it's 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 not. It's impossible to say that there is no PR liability with the whole Holinsky's hope because, okay, let's say you do have a partnership. Well, how long does this partnership go? What happens when you decide the partnership is no longer in your best interest? You know, it'd 10 pretty, years, it'd be pretty hard five, to sever, 10 years. Sever, how, how do you? Yeah. Cause Steve Gleason's built for the long term, but uh, well, yeah, this, I mean, there's, this, a, this, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a college. Yeah, there's a, there's going to be a Steve Gleason college. So, I mean, or I don't, I don't know if it's a call or I don't know it's a what, branch. They're, it's, it's a what branch. they're calling yeah, it necessarily. It's, it's built, it's a, it's built yeah. in the same like kind of campus the neuro, Whatever the neuroscience program is in going Spokane. to be, which is a new one, part of the medical school. But just because so it's probably Hope, part of the medical school. Just because Helensky Hope isn't partnering with WSU, that doesn't mean like they have a bigger platform now. They're partnering well, with the yeah, whole true. organization. That's a good true. thing. Just because they're yeah, not partnering that with WSU is a, anymore. That that in and of itself is a good the thing. The vision but wasn't just is... to work with WSU. The vision was to help the whole country. Help the entire. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Help everybody. But it is strange. You have to admit it is strange that WSU was not the first to partner up with them. Oh well, I mean, we, just we don't want to bring up like kind of talking about. Why didn't WSU take action earlier? I mean, that's just... I think that... But I think that is the question. Like, 
what they didn't want to get involved. They just they, once because once you're involved, you're, you're like you you can't you once and you touch the subject. The truth, you, but it, you know that's that's hard when you they to, probably to hear that the NCAA you know? has a much safer base to kind of that you know, build sounds this foundation that on. sounds bad, does it not? It's not. They a, didn't want to be involved with Helinski's hope. I I understand know, why they did not want to be involved, but it's it sounds bad and it's caused this really awkward relationship between the two. And I can tell you, if I can tell you for a fact, the Helinski. The Holinskys are not fond of uh, the WSU administration, and the WSU administration is not particularly fond of the Holinskys. Well, and it's, wh- it's unfortunate. The, wh- where does the relationship, uh, outside of just like you know the, the the they'll forever live in our hearts, you know that that's that relationship will always be there. But as far as like you know, Ryan Holinsky's on the other side of the country. The whole family's on the other side of the country mm-hmm. now. They're they, they're, out, they're, yeah. they're not moved gonna they're not gonna go back to Pullman anytime for any reason. And and now this Holinsky uh, hope was never meant to be WSU branded. It was it was meant to be Tyler Holinsky's celebrating Tyler Holinsky and and, uh, and and trying to honor his memory going forward. That was the mission statement of Holinsky yeah. Hope was to help with student athlete mental. It was it wasn't yeah no. Like, and you bring it- up you bring up great points. And I'm sure if we had this conversation with a WSU with Kirk Schultz and the rest of the WSU brass, they would probably think they the would same, be saying the exact same they would thing. Agree. They'd be saying the exact same thing. The idea was never to have. It was to bring awareness to Tyler Holinsky, not bring awareness to WSU. Mental healthness is not a WSU problem. It's a it's a problem across all of sports, and it's a much larger problem. You know, so I again, we I understand what you're saying, and a lot of people understand what you're saying too. It just it's a sticky, it's a it's a bad situation. It's awkward. I don't even know how many different ways to try and characterize it, but it was un, it was unpleasant. I would say that it was unpleasant having to see the Holinsky family not be on the same page and kind of be at odds with WSU with WSU administration. But I don't know. You the, know, I'm I'm glad that they did find a bigger platform and that it's it's working out and that this I think NCAA what's most painful is, is happening. I think it's most painful about the situation is that the WSU administration was never truthful about what they really thought. You know, they yeah. would put out the video packages, they would honor, like, you know, have the, the number three on the helmets. But, like, what do you, how do yeah, you really yeah. feel in your heart? You know, it was, if they came out and was honest and saying, hey, we just, we just need to sever our relationship because this is something that we just kind of want to, like, kind of bury a little bit. I think that See, would almost give them, that. that's why like, they can't, can't say that. They can't, can't say, say it, that. but that might bring greater peace to the family knowing that that's the decision that was made instead of them now thinking that. Well, no, and, and, I don't think and so. I don't accusing them of, of doing something like that of just burying any any, any sign of him around the program. What would have bring the family peace is if WCU would have partnered with them and they would have made a much more bigger oh, deal about have, it. But having, that's having not a solidified conclusion would have given I would well, have, the WCU administration must have decided that, that was not in their best interest. And you know, took a year. Do, it took a year for this to happen, <laughs> for 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 them to yeah. partner with anything significant right now. And uh, but you know, they're raising money and they're accomplishing their goal. So I yeah. I just I think I, just, I think it's it's all working out, and everyone is kind of getting what they want. And I think at the end of the day, people are going to forget about this awkward situation. But I everyone's kind of getting what they want. So yeah. And we uh, are saying that this is a good thing because between Steve Gleason and Tyler Linsky, uh, good things are happening as far as you know, so, uh, ability to help people that are disabled and and, and need the help. You know, that, that's the mm-hmm. goal is, is is to look at student athletes and look at you know like where does it start? How can we help it? How can we prevent it? So, uh, but happening locally right now, uh, there's a new WIAA policy to reclassify. Have you heard about this at all? I can explain this it to the you. Seattle, the Seattle Times story? It's not a Seattle Times story. It is, but... Well, yeah, it, they did, more they, the Seattle Times more did a story on it. It's more important to look at this as... Because here's the thing. Media outlets will tell their own little version of the story and then just try and convince you that's what's going on right now. Um, this is a very messy situation. To try and... Basically, it's almost demeaning school saying that because you don't have money, we don't think you can compete with the, well, the true powerhouses, so we're going to lower your status. I think, in the I think you should. World. I think you should read. I think you should read the the Seattle Times story. I read the they piece. make it. They make a very valid point. There's there's a couple. Okay, there's there's a lot of ways to classify. Um, you know, whether it's based on enrollment, whether it's based on income, whether it's based on private school. This is what you need to do. Okay, and and we'll, we'll explain right now what they what they're trying to do right now is basically the percentage of students that are on free or reduced lunch programs. Uh, is going to be a major factor 
into the uh, classification. So if you're a 3A school, but you have a high percentage of students that are getting free lunches, then your enrollment might actually, then your status, like, you know, they will, re, they, they will basically reduce your enrollment to being a 2A school. And it also works vice versa. So if you're a 3A, but like a very small percentage of your students are on uh, free lunch programs, then you could be moved up to 4A just based I, strictly off of the no, economic I think, impact. I think, I think this is a perfect way. For, I think this is, this is great for a couple of things. First of all, it really does level the playing field. So teams with, the most resources are playing against other teams who also have the most resources. What it also does is it kind of breaks down the status quo that lower classifications equal lesser status. That's exactly you know what, what this does because you're it taking breaks schools, that down. You're taking schools that should be three A or four A, so and you're, and you're turning them into two A schools. And it's so not all like of a sudden there's no there's no problem. They're, yeah. they're in separate conferences, but that doesn't mean they're not competing for the same state title. It's still going to be the rich schools that are ending up winning state championships because eventually are, you got to well, meet. No, they don't because 2A plays 2A, 3A plays 3A, There are and still 4A going to be 4A. rich 2A schools. If, for example, if you're a 1A school and you got money, you're going to get bumped up to 2A and then you're going to play okay, poor yeah, 3A schools. Okay, yeah, and you're going to you're still, but you're still going to have to play incredibly talented teams that don't necessarily have the same amount of resources as they might have. I think it's perfect. And, and they still have to vote on this right now. There's, there's also another yeah. way to do this. It's just basically make it, which is what I want to see happen. The number of students enrolled at your school is what defines classification. So if you're a 4A, That's what it that means is. you have third. No, 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 it's not. It's based off percentage right now where the top 17% schools. So basically there's like 65 teams at each classification. And then based on your enrollment, you get bumped up or bumped down. How it, how it should be is that, for example, if you have 1,300 or more students, then every school of 1,300 or more students is a 4A school. Now, that could mean there's a hell of a lot more 4A schools than there are 3A schools because there's a lot more schools with more than 1,300 students than there are with, say, 900 to 1,300. You know what I mean? So, but, but as yeah, before, but you're com- right now... you're completely dismissing the problem that they're trying to fix. Which is, which is income uneven, inequality, which is matchups. The income inequality... Is, has a significant impact on the matchups. And what what level of sports is, is that not the case? Are the Kansas City Royals have the same leverage as the New York Yankees? Of course not, but they still play in the same division. They still have to okay. make it work. Okay. Is WSU yeah, but- going to have the same opportunity as like a USC or even like an Oregon or UW? Not, not, not how it's going right now. And they still play in the same conference. There are schools that make it work. Like Rainier Beach, for example, their basketball program kicks everybody's ass. Now there are other problems that underlie that, including recruiting, transfers, and uh, and and parts that the yeah, WI refuses to, to consider, acknowledge right now. You also have to consider that just just because on the grand scheme of things that that Rainier Rainier Beach High School is less funded than some other high schools, that basketball program is well funded. No, no, I agree, it, it, but it's 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 not it's just not well funded by. Uh, the student population. It's more of a it's, so, it's donations. Yeah. So I mean, maybe I think you're right. Maybe like ba- the just the general classification based on income. I think it really should be your sport and, and kind of the resources. And th- your that sport would be has. a dream world, right? If all the, the the really rich, successful football teams get to play in one conference, so we would literally have like. Bothell and Eastside Catholic and like teams from basically all over the yeah. area. But man, the way they're doing it right now, where each conference here's the problem: the only conference this affects is the metros because there's such a diversity in income based on inner city Seattle. Yeah, whether it be O'Day compared to Garfield or or, or uh, Eastside Catholic compared to Nathan Hale, and then you look at like Westco where it's just like Lake Stevens. Oh yeah, they're pretty good. Glacier yeah. Peak. Oh yeah, they're pretty good. Uh, Monroe. Oh, oh yeah, they're, like Meadowdale. They have a good team every now and again. Well, the thing uh, is, like at Kinko, everybody's just, uh, Kinko. Everybody's loaded with cash. Yeah. Um, uh, Vancouver. Everybody's. Lo- I mean, there's areas are what defines conferences, not income levels or student enrollment. But income, but at the end of the day, income level is what defines the best teams. It's what defines the area, not the not the kids that go to those schools. Maybe instead of trying to just like ruin basically Kinko and, and Wesco and all these conferences where they're just chilling, you know, the, the income level is high basically everywhere, just that some schools have more passion. The thing is, I oh, passion, that's not what it is. It's not passion. Well, passion, it's money. Money equals it's passion. Your parents, money equals it's your passion. Mar- it's yes. your, not necessarily. All these schools, 
all these schools in certain areas um spokane it's for easier example. to get spokane, it's easier to get kids invested when there's cool things to buy when they have all the accessories yes but listen everyone should want this because theoretically the teams with the most resources are the best teams therefore the teams with the most resources are playing against other teams with the most resources therefore those players are getting better no one wants to play against bad teams or at least you shouldn't want to play against bad teams Archbishop Murphy should not want to play against all the teams I I couldn't even tell you one school that they play but I know it's just a disaster they should be playing better schools it doesn't matter how many kids they have they have the resources to run a really successful football program so they should play other teams like that. Well, this is like seeing the forest through the trees. Now, let, let's let's focus on the recruiting aspect first and how private schools. I mean, they've won like what a quarter of the last uh, like uh, of the state titles over the last decade. Um, yeah, and it would be better if they play some private teams. Schools have won eighty five percent of the state championships. So this isn't going to change anything at the state level. It's just gonna it's just gonna make it uh, more competitive in the regular season. In some sports like tennis, basketball. The, the some of the poorer schools are still gonna kick your ass because that's just what they do. They ball, you know. That they, they they recruit, they make it work. That's yeah. uh, that's so the the sports that people care about, um, you know, the, the like the the sudden rise in poor schools in football, just people recruiting, just people moving in, and well, not even moving in, but just saying they live there, and all of a sudden they have they they have these dream teams being put together. So, I I refuse to just think that football is gonna be more competitive or it's gonna change. Uh, based solely on reclassifying based on income because there's a lot of good teams out there that are popping out of nowhere that are not traditional powerhouses and shouldn't be based on income, and they are based off of a factor outside of income, which is the recruiting aspect of it. Yeah, but even if you go, okay, like you look at a team like Hawkinson, like Hawkinson is on the up and come, and, and I would imagine if you go look at that, that the income situation, like whatever their really socioeconomic status really is, is at an upward trajectory with the football yes. team and, and the, the money that's going towards that football yeah, program. Yeah, yeah the, so it's there's, heading there's the right direction. There's a correlation. Now we need to see Hawkinson play Union, and then and and, and then that it'll all work out. Yeah, based I mean, on I you know, I don't I don't claim I'm not going to claim to have any answers for it, but I think it would be unique and cool to see if it worked out because I don't I I can't think of any other state that has something a classification system built like that yeah, where it's a, based on income it, and it, i think it would be awesome to see there's about yeah it's just amazing how many different ways to, like you you think that oh let's just base it off student population but now yeah. now it's well become and this, i i've said i've probably said this a million times on the show is money equals wins and any sport at any level money equals wins what and, about what about hard work and and uh, good offseason yeah <laughs> money money is the main factor into that, that because that you want to know and you want to know why i'll tell you why so going to workouts when you have no good equipment, no, you don't have no, none of the supplements. You don't get to drink your Gatorade protein shakes after the workout. Yeah, your little uh, an hour, yeah. and a, a ninety minutes of working out is a whole lot different when you have a beautiful facility and there's trainers there with you and everyone's looking after you. You got like, banners. On that the walls. is that is much better than the alternative where you're at maybe like a YMCA gym and it's you're just by yourself. It's a lot different. So it does. Money affects hard work. Money affects passion. Money affects wins at the end of the day. And if you if you refuse to subscribe to that, I just don't know what to tell you. You're you're blind. Is really what it they, is. They still gotta vote on it, so it's not it's not official yet. But this yeah. is the direction that we're. Going I'm not, in. and I'm not even saying this is the answer. Like it, they're they're like you have you have acknowledged a couple of flaws that could be like you know, Rainier Beach. It's this is based on income throughout the high school. They're gonna be looked upon. Negative, they could be dropped down a classification. That's they, not helping anyone. They would be. They would be. And then they would just kill yeah. more, even more basketball teams. And yeah. It's basically so, not, I mean, there's yeah. some flaws in the system, but I think it's a, I think it's a good step forward. There's no, and there'll never be a correct answer for this. It, it, there's, there's, there's some, some scenarios where uh, you're just kind of, you know, you're, you're just kind of stuck in this uh, limbo because every, everybody's got an opinion and nothing gets done. So, But coming up right now is the Super Bowl. And uh, some some Eastern Washington players are going to be represented. I don't know. Is are any UW or WSU players going to be featured in this game? I feel like it's just Ewu between yeah, the Rams. I can't think of oh, between oh, the Rams uh, and Cor- uh, Corey uh, Littleton. Littleton. Corey Littleton. Who's who's had a fan- phenomenal season, might I add? Oh, and Marcus Marcus Peters. If we're still, yeah, he's he's a Husky. Between the Patriots and the off. Rams. Yeah, those are those Corey are the, those are the only he's two. Both both on the Rams. Yeah. 
Well, we got. Uh, oh, and the da- is Danny Shelton still on uh, New England? Oh, I think my he gosh. still is. Yeah. Well. Yeah. So three, three eags, three dogs. Samson Abukum is uh, a defensive end, and he is a uh, wrecking ball right now. Actually, forced the fumble in the NFC Championship. Uh, Cooper Cup continues to prove that he is going to be better than John Ross for the rest of eternity. Oh, yeah, he's not even playing. So two weeks, <laughs> two weeks are playing. Well, no, I mean he's on a roster and he's 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 a he had a contri- con- I mean he played half the well, year. Well, he's on the IR, so not technically. And then well, okay, well Aaron Neary, I guess the practice player. <laughs> I mean he started a game. <laughs> oh, year, oh, so. you gave him a, you gave him a practice. He's a practice player. Well, he started week seventeen when all the starters were out. So. But he's not on the he's not on the playoff. I mean, he's roster. not going to be no. He's not going to be playing. So okay, so there's so there's up. one yeah. eagle. So there's one eagle. There's three dogs. What about uh, this news that Aaron Best uh, signed a long-term deal? Uh, he'll be in in uh, in Eastern uh, in Cheney till 2024. Man, I didn't realize wow. that. Like, I knew that obviously great. Uh, D1 coaches aren't paid. Uh, well, at least the FCS level aren't paid, but they make like 120th of what like Chris Peterson and Michael Leach makes. He makes yeah. 180 a year. The big thing about that, I, what I want to know is what's the buyout. The buyout is the biggest key to that contract for Eastern Washington and. and improving their situation because the better they do the more attractive Aaron Best is and if that if that's a big old buyout that's a that's an awesome situation having big buyouts are important a small town vibes man the, the both sides clearly enjoy the like what what east side is doing right now and Aaron Best yeah. seems very appreciative uh, to be in charge of eastern cuz he that's yeah. what he's been doing for but, 20 and, plus yeah, years but yeah and if you're a team like eastern you have to understand that Aaron Aaron Best is not sticking around forever there, there's no such thing as having the coach that's going to stick around for 30 years when you're at an he's FCS school. He's already been doing it for 22. If, <laughs> if he does, yeah, but he's obviously trying. He's trying to improve, better I, his dude, career. Aaron Best loves Cheney. He, loves, I know he does. He, like he, Bo Baldwin loved Cheney. Those guys all liked Cheney, but they're trying to improve their. Like you'd be crazy if if the, if he got a uh, an offensive coordinator or uh, a gig at, at the Pac-12 level. You don't think he would hop on that oh he would he would absolutely he just, but he, he, like he he says all the right things he makes it appear that well i know this, this and he and he says that but that's why it's important to have a big old buyout so when the situation when the time comes that someone comes along for aaron best to make him their offensive coordinator everybody wins eastern washington gets a big old paycheck and they can go out and get a they can go spend more money on a head coach or they can i mean they can allocate that money in a number of different ways but as long when the time comes that someone comes for Aaron Best, Eastern Washington has to know they're going to be getting a big old paycheck. So that would be interesting to see what uh, what the buyout is for him. Well, we got a lot of bowl games going on right now, including you know games like the Polynesian Bowl. And, and Jackson, you were concerned about this because uh, you didn't like that you know they they were having all these bowl games right for uh, the high school no, the high school it's level. Not, uh, yeah, I, I just think it's I think it's weird. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't. I don't have it a problem accom- with it. Well, the thing is, it doesn't really accomplish anything. I don't. I don't yeah. know what the end goal is because these players that are are playing in these games have already they're basically already, committed. They're to already school. committed. They're already like. I think it's. I think Gunner Cruz stands to benefit much more by being in Pullman, getting in that. Well, which he is. Strength, I mean, I know he played. He is, I know he yeah. played in the Polynesian game, but but he I mean, you know, has to leave for ten days or whatever it is. That's true. Learning. I offense. think it. I think it would be more beneficial to him to stay in Pullman. Continue with their workout programs. Continue to be studying that offense. There's just such a I don't know. Instead it, of flying out to sense of Hawaii, pride. Like, yeah, I know. Yeah, I understand celebrating too. your Polynesian culture. Okay, yeah, and that see that I understand that. Like, I get that. That's that's fun. Do you know if they actually do anything Polynesian related? Like, as far as I'm like, sure they do. events and tributes. I have no clue. I have no clue. I, there's a I know a bunch of players that I've said that they don't want to spend the twenty nine hundred dollars to go to these games. Yeah, um, and I feel like, and just, that's that's the thing changes. too. Like, like at the end of the day, people are making money. Like, people are making money off the kids who are paying to go down for these. And and if you you know if you want to go pay that much, more power to you. But is it even in your best interest? Like, like realistically, you're on the field for about 14 minutes. You know, like actually doing stuff. Yeah, but and, and, and you're on the on. you're on the field with a makeshift offense. You just you learn. It's the same deal that Jake Browning had to go through. Like you're not getting better. Well, th- at least with Jake Browning situation, he had NFL scouts there. There's not Pac-12 yeah. scouts that are There's looking no at scou- this game. You already you're already on a team. Yeah, you're you're you're, you're no m- one stands to benefit except the people who are collecting. 
the $2,900 paycheck. Well, I think the standard when it comes to these bowl games is that if you have to pay for it, fuck it. You know, you're not going to do it. I get that. That's how it is. If it's an all-star game and and you have to pay, then it's just, it's just a, it's just a cash grab because, yeah. I mean, somebody would be I sponsoring just, I, it. The somebody thing would, is, <laughs> I even think like, you know, you're all like the all the army all American bowl and stuff like that. I even think that is kind of like, okay, like what, I guess that's fun. It's it's cool well, to go out and be covered. on TV. I, I believe the expenses are covered. Yeah, because like, like Nike and Adidas will pick up the checks for those without even. Yeah, no, and I, I understand that. But at the end of the day, yeah, that, oh, I agree. They are you are you it. are you getting that much better? I don't and, and, feel like and you're, it used to be you're that getting the, that the much better. Would, like announce their commitments on these on these uh, yeah. events, you know, be on national television. But even that's gone the way of the dinosaur with the you know the, the, the improved ways, like getting hiring Sylvester Stallone to make you a video. There's just better ways to do it now. So yeah, it's it's become know. a lost I, art. Yeah, I just, I just think the idea of like a high school senior bowl, what no no matter how notorious it is, no matter who's paying for it, you're probably going to be getting better. By sticking with your team, committing to whatever workout, like I, I bet you, any of those guys who go who from Trace from FSP that get invited to go down to the Army All American Bowl would stand so much more to gain by working out for eight days in a row at FSP than they would going down to wherever the hell they play the game and you know practice an hour or two every day but i mean but mostly in, just get a you know, hanger you're, uh, you're in shoulder pads out. you know you get to you get to kind of get that feel of like you know being yeah but in being in shoulder situation. pads doesn't mean you're getting better that really doesn't otherwise you, know? you gotta wait till spring ball to kind of get your first i guess contact you know again. i guess you get a quarter of playing against elite competition you know that's 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 about as good as it gets right there but at the end of the day what is that one quarter really worth that's what i'm saying like you're, eight you're, days you just spent bullshitting yeah, you know you see, yeah, eight i don't days know like will never get back yeah. i think it's i think it's all kind of because you're just you're just not on the field for very long so and that's what you're there for is basically to play yeah the only thing i do like about it is that it really glorifies high school football and it gets people no that much i disagree more, with that because no, there's nobody that really, comes out to the game so it doesn't look that great yeah but TV. It, it's on tv it, it doesn't matter people it, are watching oh yeah, like, and it gets well, people the, excited yeah, the, the about the game. Re- yeah absolutely yeah because like you'd look yeah. at the alumni I mean, it's like the Elite 11, although the Elite 11 actually does have real benefits. But it's just the idea of, like, yeah, putting them on a national spotlight. Like, Trevor Lawrence, I mean, people are like, oh, have you heard of this guy? It's like, yeah, everybody has. He's been on freaking everything. <laughs> like, he's been on you the know, magazines. I don't, I, and honestly, on- I, don't, I don't like it because of that. I really I, – I actually – in fact, I despise it because of that. But what it does do is it gets people excited about recruiting, and it gets people to buy subscriptions to places like 24-7 Sports, which employs us. So we're us, looking at this from different we, angles. We're, absolutely. I'm, I'm looking at it from just this like is, the, the This is merely a self-benefit for me, <laughs> at least. I don't know how you feel about hey, it. Hey, this guy plays in the Army game. Read my article on his performance in the Army game. Like It's, yeah. it's just an excuse. However, to, it's it's however, literally just an excuse to create content. <laughs> however I need to get paid is really, at the end of the day, what, what this comes down to. Everybody's in it for themselves when it comes to these bowl games but yeah i just i just think it's dumb i don't think yeah i don't i'm an i'm i'm very conservative and old school when it comes to these kinds of situations where i don't feel like 17 and 18 year old kids should be in that kind of spotlight i don't think it does it does it does no benefit to them all right they haven't they haven't earned it or anything you know we gotta get the hell out of here right now yeah uh luke margo will be back next week on tuesday january yeah he better and uh, yeah, he's uh, he's on a mountain somewhere right now. So, uh, but yeah, he'll he'll be joining us, and we'll be talking some Jacob Eason next week. You can find us on Twitter at Micah underscore Chen at Luke M O U N G E R. Oh, he gets a plug, and, and he isn't even here. Jackson M Garner. Hey, we're hey. Th- this is part of the process. We're all gonna That's we're all gonna end up. Is, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> we're all gonna end up missing weeks at some point. But our very public, very open email with questions or comments, send them over to Chen at yahoo.com. We always appreciate that feedback and interaction with you guys. But we are signing off, so peace out, everyone.